Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here today in Brentwood at the Matchroom Gym, joined by Mr. Tony Sims. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Just sort of come down today to sort of speak to some of the boys here, see what their 2019 was like, how they would rate their 2019, what we can expect for 2020. First off, let's talk about your 2019. Um, ups and downs, highs and lows, probably more lows than you would have expected, um, some controversy as well. Mm. Can you sum it up? <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... It was it, it was a mixture of um, it was a mixture really of uh, happiness and sadness really um, because we started off the year uh, good we had a good win for Connor Ben at the O2 um, then we had the Ted Cheeseman result which we fixed Gerald with uh, for the British title. And I thought Ted won that fight, but you know he didn't get the decision. Uh, and then we went into the Felix Cash fight against Jack Cullen. That was a good fight. Felix come out on top on that fight. Uh, and then we had the John Ryder decision for the world title against Callum Smith, which I thought John won that fight. It was a great fight. I, I believe John won that fight. And. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was mixed emotions really um, last year. How tough is it when there's things like, and I've said, I spoke to Felix about this and John, so I sort of wanted to get their perspective as well as a fighter, but for you as a trainer, how difficult is it when you've got these decisions and perhaps you're going into fights and camps and it's in the back of your mind and it's not just putting the fighters down, but the people around them that, that they're training alongside, does it make for sort of a difficult gym at times? Um, it's hard when you, you're not getting a nod, you know, even like going back to 2019 with Ricky Burns and Lee Selby, you know, that was a close fight. I thought Selby uh, might have just nicked it, but uh, when you're on your own show and you're, own, you're the only fighter, you think, oh, you might, you might have just done enough. Like one judge scored it a draw, it was a split decision, so, you know, but I weren't upset about that fight, it could have gone either way, but the Cheeseman fight and the Ride a fight when you think you've won the fight. You know you believe you've won, and where there's there's a lot at stake as well. Um, because it ain't just like winning the titles. Like you know the general public think, oh well, what are you going on about? It's only a title. It's about the money and financial future that they set up for themselves. And uh, you know John John Ryder especially has had a few bad breaks in his career where he's watched his his opponents go on like Billy Joe, Callum Smith, Rocky Fieldy and go into big money fights where he could have gone, the decisions should have and could have gone his way and you know he would have ended up financially secure which he ain't at the moment so you know what what he'll be doing you know he'll be thinking to himself look I'm doing everything right I'm, I'm winning the fights but they just don't go in my way so you know for him it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a frustrating, it's a really frustrating sport for him. Where not just a sport, a job for him. Where he should be getting the dividends, but he's not. I'm going to start with John. Um, like you said, obviously, frustrating time for him. The common denominator between sort of fielding who Callum Smith wants and who Billy Jones is, of course, Canelo. Mm. His name's actually been mentioned by Eddie Reynoso, uh, John's name. But realistically, with the other guys around, it's pretty much we know it's not going to be John that's going to fight Canelo next. Um, like you said, that's the big money fight. That's the one that he would have wanted to land, mm. and now he can't. So, yeah, Canelo is a man who holds all the power. It's probably not going to go John's way. Um, it might not even go Callum and Billy's way. Mm. What's next for John? Well, you, you don't know what way he's going to go. I feel like he's. Uh, I feel like Canelo is playing, <laughs> playing with people. You know, he's. Uh, he enjoys the power. He enjoys the power, yeah. Like Floyd, Floyd Mayweather had this power, and they just choose and do whatever they want to do. And uh, you don't know what way it's going to go. You really don't. And uh, there's talk about there was talk about him fighting Billy Joe, like a lot of paper talk. And then uh, there was talk about him fighting Callum. And now there's talk about him fighting this Moraita in uh, in Japan. And uh, you, you just don't know. I mean, personally, I, I don't really see him dropping down the middleweight to fight again, especially to fight uh, to fight the Japanese guy who's got the w, uh, WBA regular version. And I just don't. I don't know. I don't see the the understanding in why why he would do that. 
other than gain fans across the globe, but he's already got loads of fans. So, um, Who deserves it more, in your opinion, out of Billy Joe and Callum? Um, it's different. It's different. Uh, that's, that's a good question. It's di for different reasons. Uh, obviously, Callum Smith's got the Ring Magazine belt, which is you know a big belt, and he and he holds a WBA Super belt. So obviously, he holds the bigger titles. Billy Joe, um, he's a two-weight world champion. Uh, so so they both deserve the fight, both of them. Whatever one Canelo wants to pick out, you know, and you never know. Canelo could turn around and say. Oh, I'll just defend my WBA regular against John because that's what I want to do. It's up to him what he wants to do. You know, because his trainer tweeted that he believed John won the fight against Callum. And, you know, and, and that, that's the reason that John got put in the app. So you just don't really know what he's going to do. But once he has chosen, once his decision's done, then it opens up what everyone else is going to do. Because at the minute, everyone's just sitting on the sidelines waiting for him to choose because he's like, you know, he's, he's the golden goose. I came in here today thinking that you'd say you'd want Billy Joe to fight Canelo so you could perhaps get the Callum rematch. But you've said to me off camera that you'd actually fancy the Billy Joe fight more. I'd like to do the Billy Joe return. I've always tried to get that. That Obviously, I've always tried to get that return fight since John and him fought for the British. It was a close fight. could have gone either way. It was a brilliant fight as well. Really good fight it was. And they both put everything on the line, but I've always hunted that fight again because I always believed John could beat Billy Joe. Uh, Billy Joe's a great fighter, don't get me wrong. You know, everything he does, he's, he, the skill level he's got is fantastic. You know, and I remember he used to come over when he was young and spar with Darren Barker, and he always he knew he had that ability to go on and do big things. But I think John deserves the rematch with Billy Joe because he's always hunted it and he's watched. Billy Joe obviously go on, do really well, pick up two world titles, earn a lot of money, and I think he deserves a rematch with Billy Joe if the Canelo fight don't go with him. The same as he deserves the rematch with Callum Smith, but from what I'm hearing on the, on the Callum Smith side is that they're going to look for a fight in April in America, so they, you know, they, they ain't looking at John to do the return with John. So what I don't want John to do is be in no man's land you know, because they're the only two re really big fights out there for him. Because if you look at the other two champions, uh, Caleb Plant and Benavides, they're with PBC. So, you know, John's with Matchroom, with Dazone, he's British. So it's out of Billy and Joe and Callum Smith who he should fight next, really, if they don't get picked by Canelo. Yes, obviously, just to wrap it up, a sticky situation for John, but what can we expect, sort of, time wise, if Regardless of who fights April, May. Hopefully, hopefully fights in April. But yeah. as I say, we we, we really. Is he a big don't enough know. name now to sort of uh, headline his own show in London? Would you say because his stock has definitely risen despite the fact he lost to Callum? Would you say he's sort of big enough to headline a show now, John? Well, he headlined he headlined the show, didn't he? When he done. I mean, it's sort of the main. Obviously, Callum was defending his world title. So yeah. Could John defend one in London, being sort of the main? main attraction to the people coming to watch it. Yeah, of course. I mean, he was the main attraction when he'd done the final eliminator, didn't he, for the WBA. Um, he was the main attraction then, but, uh, yeah, like he's top build before, but the thing is... Like an O2, you reckon? Yeah, the thing is, he, it's only them two fights that really is attractive to the fans, really. It's either Ryder Billy Joe or Ryder Callum Smith, if Callum Smith and Billy Joe ain't gonna fight. And that's the big attractive fights there. I mean, if everyone goes their own way, uh, it don't make sense for all three of them to go their own way because they're all under the same promoter. They're all under the zone. They're all under Sky Sports. It just don't make any sense at all to keep them all separated for another year down the line. You know, John's willing and ready to fight either one of them. And uh, I just don't think... Uh, I think they should be made. If Canelo don't pick either one of them, I think they should be made in fights. Okay, right, I know you've got a run for pie and mash. Where your mum is it? So pie I'm, mash and, yeah. pie mash, double pie, double mash and liquor. Double pie, yeah, yeah, two pie, two yeah. mash, of course. Um, quick wrap up of the other guys in your yeah. stable. Um, Conor Ben last year, did we perhaps see loads of different sides to Conor Ben, the boxing side, the punching side, um, but we sort of yet to see it, and hopefully in 2020, we see it sort of mould together and become perhaps one more complete version. Yeah, because like as you all know, he's like a raw novice when he when he come when he come over here. 
hardly had any amateur bats and he was a raw novice you can see it in his early fights he was just swinging away but now he like we've worked on his boxing ability we worked on his rolling inside his slipping punches you know the ability to block and punch off the gloves like he did in his last fight and uh, yeah you know he'll put it all together this year I'm excited about him this year I think he'll have a really good year this year he's 23 now so he's starting physically to get strong you know he's got the power that his dad had and um, I think it's an exciting year because he can box smart as well and that's the exciting thing about him he boxes he can box smart he can roll and slip shots He's, he's got good, nice footwork and he can punch and he's growing into a man now. So I think this year, I want to keep him busy this year. I want to get at least four fights in for him this year. Uh, keep him busy in the gym, busy fighting and get a good year in this year. Decent opponents, move up a bit of a level in opponents. Eddie's talking about Johnny Garton at the O2 in March the 28th. Who Johnny's only recently lost to British, so it's a nice little step up for him there and then just go on from there really and start you know, getting a few good wins under his belt this season. Another man who had a tough year, as you mentioned earlier, a couple of decisions, Ted Cheeseman, um, back from Aaron to go for 2020. Because I know there was a point where perhaps he was considering his place in the sport. Mm, sort of yeah, back at when, when you're his age as well, he's only young as well, he's, uh, like defeats hit him hard, because like, they're not experienced fighters, you know, and when they get defeated or... Like he had the draw against Kieran Conway. Kieran Conway's a really good fighter, I think, and it was always going to be an hard fight against Kieran. But listen, he won that fight. It wasn't never a draw. He won the fight. You know, then went into the Fitzgerald fight, and everyone believed he won that fight. It was a good fight. Scott's a terrific fighter. You know, he had that great win over Fowler, and then Ted went in there and box smart. Boxing ability, footwork, jab, which, which he can do. And I think this year, He's, he's gained a lot of good experience with a lot of good fighters last year and um, he's still really, really young. He's only just turned 24, he's just a young kid. And uh, this year, I think he will push on and go back into the British title mould. Uh, I'm going to get him an eight-rounder. I think he's boxing an eight-rounder in March uh, on a next-gen bill. Then get a ten-rounder, say... Uh, June, say, and then by September he'll be ready. Whoever's British champion, whether it be Fowler, Fitzgerald or Conway, because then three will all be fighting each other. Whoever's champion by September, then Ted will get back in there. And the experience he's gained from last year and, the, and this year as he's getting older, I think he, he'll come again, Ted. Of course, there's a couple of other lads. Um, you told me earlier, off camera, about Martin J. Ward was going to fight in Miami. Um, yeah. Couldn't find an opponent, so he's sort of it's not worth going out there doing the ten days, paying the expenses you'd have to pay to get him to fight out there if it's not going to sort of boost his name or ranking, etc. So he's going to be fighting on the Sheffield bill. Yeah, he's got a decent opponent on the Sheffield bill. Uh, he's got a Mexican called Jesus Amparo. Amparo. He's like 19 and one with like 16 or 17 KOs, so he's a good opponent. Um, yeah, Martin, he, you know, Martin's been unbeaten in his last four fights since the Tennyson defeat. That's his only defeat he's had. Uh, he weren't right that night. He, he was dead on the weight. He'd done the weight wrong. He weren't very well anyway. You can't make excuses for that, but that's his only defeat. And he's come back, he's bounced back. He's had four good wins. He needs another good win under his belt on this fight against a decent opponent. And then um, He's then, another one playing the waiting game. Yeah, just waiting. But I think Eddie will make it happen this year for him. I really do. Like, uh, I've spoke to Eddie a couple of times about it and he went, listen, I'm really pushing hard to make it. And he, Eddie did actually try and get a big fight for him in Miami. He really did. Because I know the ins and outs, which I'm not going to go on about. But he really tried to make a big fight and he offered good money for, for a good opponent. But it never happened. So... I think he will land a big fight this summer, I really do. Well, there's a couple of other guys, but like I said, you've got a rush. Um, big year for your stable, but I've got to ask you about Wilder Fury. Break it Wilder down for Fury, yeah. yeah. What an interesting fight. Because, listen, like, like the first fight, I think 99% of people got it wrong in the first fight. I don't think that anyone see Fury performing like he did. Um, out of his skin, performed out of his skin, you know, he got dropped twice, got up twice, everyone thought he won the fight. Whether Wilder underestimated him, um, 
in my have underestimated him watching his last two performances. I think naturally in a human being watching that we'll be thinking, wow, like he's not the fighter he was. I'm gonna walk through him, but I think Wilder will train harder and, and be more up for this fight now, knowing he's got a life and death fight in front of him. You know, and so will Fury, so prediction wise I don't really know, to be honest. You know, it could be he could be Wilder, might floor him and then finish him or Fury could outbox him again. It depends on what Tyson Fury turns up because you never know that either. So Is it a lot more about what Tyson turns up rather than what Wilder turns up, would you say? I think both of them. I think, I think Wilder never turned up last time and Fury really did shock everyone. I think they'll both turn up this time, both of them. So just see what happens. You know, I think it's an unpredictable fight with two unpredictable fighters and it's hard to pick either one of them out what's going to happen. All right, Tony, last question. Do you have chilli vinegar on your pie match? Yes. Good man. Pepper and salt. Plenty. <laughs> Thanks for that. See ya. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here today in Brentwood at the Matrim Gym, joined by Mr. Spider. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? You good? I'm very well. Bloodshot eyes, mate. Tired. Working very Is hard. Is that all? <laughs> None of this Mexican meat? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I put that stuff away, no joke. <laughs> no, I'm just um, tired from the training session. Work hard. Every day. All day. Early mornings, late nights. Did you work hard over Christmas? Nah. No? Uh, you know, you're one of them who, when you sort of see the break of Christmas or perhaps like a summer holiday, that's it, you're sort of zoned completely out of no, boxing? No, no. I usually train all through Christmases. Like last Christmas, I trained Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. But fortunately, obviously, I fought this time a couple of days before Christmas. So it worked out? So it worked out my week off or whatever was over Christmas. So it worked out perfect. You know I'm a big Craig Richards fan, so of course I was watching the uh, the Sugden fight, and it was weird because you didn't get the nod. Yeah. But it didn't seem like it was too disappointing because everyone knows that you've got someone in the works that sort of it doesn't really matter the fact that you got a draw on your record. You got the British mm -hmm. title fight with um, Shaq and Peters coming soon, so yeah. What was it like from your side? Um, first of all, I was obviously a bit irritated, I was disappointed. You know, with me with boxing, I kind of get irritated when I watch other people when I feel decisions don't go right. I get frustrated because I know how hard in a sport people work. But at the end of the day, it was like, as the fight finished, I thought he come up to me and he felt that I won the fight um, and his team as well. Um, and that's why afterwards, I didn't want to be too bitter about it. And I think that's why often in the interview in the sky, I said, like, ask him what he thinks. and. Obviously he said, oh, I thought it was a good fight. I thought he nipped it, whatever, whatever. Um, I was obviously irritated about it, but then about an hour or two afterwards, I'd calmed down, cooled down. I thought it is what it is. Doesn't change my position. Still mandatory for the British, still pushing on, still got world ranking, still top 10 in the world in WBA, top um, 15 in the IBF. So it's a year where I've still got to push on now. Obviously, I feel like also it made me reflect. I feel like I had three good fights against three top oppositions last year in the UK and I feel like I tried it was try I tried different stuff with all three of them and it was kind of like just working what works, tried different camps and I feel like now you've this got the formula. year now I've got the formula. Yeah. I put it all together and see what I need to do for 2020. Now I'm ready to go and I know what to do and what not to do. And it's exciting for me now. Just quickly want to ask one more thing about that fight. Um, it was an eight-rounder, wasn't it? Because I remember yeah. tweeting, I definitely would have liked to see four more rounds because he was yeah. a tough, tough geezer. He, he was, was a tough, tough geezer. Guy you think you've like, got him out there? 100% everyone knows all they've got him. You could see uh, as the rounds was going on, he was lucky to make the final bell. But what it is for me, I wasn't really going through the girl. I came out, you know, you come out, you're boxing, you realise there wasn't much threat level. I didn't feel like he was hitting to hurt me. It wasn't much intent. I felt like 
okay, at some point I'm going to get him out of there. And it was like, I should have probably went through the gears more, stuck to my boxing more, but I felt like I was definitely going to get get him out of there. But that was the attitude that I shouldn't have, shouldn't have had either way in the fight. I felt like that was something I learned even on the night. Um, bit complacent there and as I went through I saw he was hurt I think I think his nose was gone from third or fourth his eyes was closing and I thought he's got four more rounds there's no way he's going to get out he was tough he survived through the rounds and he made it to the final bell so it was credit to him at the end I'd chat with him I thought he was quite a reasonable nice guy so I didn't really want to like kick up too much about it he seemed like a cool guy and I understand that he had his opportunity and he won his opportunity and he'd been calling me out for ages and ages and ages. And he didn't disgrace himself. He did didn't he? disgrace he didn't himself. Know. And what he'd done, do you know, what, there was little things that irritated me and I just thought, um, it was like, not his fault, obviously he's trying to make a name for himself. He went on after and said, oh, I had a week's notice and he didn't have a week's notice. He was scheduled in an eight-week camp for the 21st. Um, and he was pushing for the fight with me and they changed his date from the 21st to the 19th two days earlier. So he had an eight-week camp for the fight. For anything, I was the one who got called up when the Shaq fight was off, I got called back in. But it's like, why are we making it like who got called when? We both knew he was fighting at the same time. You done well. You came on to Sky. You made a very good account of yourself and people will remember you for that. You done well. You came to put your name out there. You put your name out and, you know, congrats to that. Um, but at the same time, I just felt like there were just little things like that after the fight irritated me. But I got over it and moved on. Domestically, obviously, Jake Ball, Andre Sterling, Chad Sugden, three very different fighters very um, different yeah I want to go back to Andre Sterling actually because since you've beaten him he's um, fought in the golden contract he's had the golden contract opportunity where he come up short he's now got an opportunity for the English title against Dan Aziz um, yeah. it's almost like he's sort of you Put beat him but he's there. his name's got bigger because exactly. he beat yeah. alright look do you know, do you know, and I don't you like saying things I mean, like this. It's it like, felt like he was getting more opportunities than you at one point before we knew about you for yeah, the British title. 100%. Haven't you beaten him yet? But I feel like this is what happens. Like, a lot of fight guys, be honest, a lot of these guys who are fighting me, like, that boosted his profile. Chad, he fought me. It boosted his profile. Like, a lot of these guys I'm fighting, I feel like after they fought me, it's kind of boosted their profile a little bit. And, um, and I feel they're all good fighters that I didn't need to take because it's like all the fighters that I'm ranked above... People ain't taking them. Look at the light heavyweight division. Who's mixing it up this much at domestic level? Do you get what I'm saying? I feel like I'm fighting these guys. Like, I'm, like everyone's saying you're mandatory for the British. Why are you taking such a tough fight? A guy 11 and 1, world champion kickboxer, never been stopped in like 200 fights. I'm willing to always go out there and box the best guys. But I feel like it gets to the point where I feel like I want to push on and be boxing someone above or ahead of me at some point. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's like after the British or so, I've got to try and push on and box bigger names or people above me to push on in my career at some point, I find it. We've spoken and you've spoken on this channel before about the whole Shaq and Peters thing. We know it's going to be on free to air. We know there's a bit of back and forth. We expect it to be on the next gen show, for starters, but mm -hmm. we've spoke about that. We know that's happening. You talk about stepping up. Let's say you come through the Shaq and Peters fight. There's been a couple instances, even last year, if you look at um, Ted Cheeseman with Sergio Garcia, people stepping up a tad too early. Is that something that you're quite wary of? Or? Um, obviously, I know when you step up, there's a reason why it's called a step up. You've got to be prepared and you've got to understand where you're stepping up to. It's not a, it's not a situation where um, you want to step up over the hill. Like, it's, there's, there's levels, there's, uh, as everyone says, there's levels in boxing. So if you're working at level five, there's no point jumping to level nine. It's like, if you step up, you step up maybe from level five to level six or seven. It's like, not rocket science, you just step up a little bit. I felt like... Is Shaq um, is a step up? No, I wouldn't say he's a step up. I think he's a good fighter. I think he's another good domestic fighter. I wouldn't say he's a step up because if you look at when I boxed Jake Ball, Jake Ball had as much fights as him, but he was ranked above me. He was the favourite for the fight quite easy. He was the guy who was in GB. He was the light heavyweight knocking everyone out. So if you look at... For instance, Shaq and Pitters, and you look at Jake Ball, they both had 13 fights. Look at Jake Ball's knockout percentage ratio. It was about 87%, like, compared to Shaq, which I think is probably about 20 or 30%. The, the ratio of the fighter they are is, I felt like, Jake Ball... It's only because the way I beat Jake Ball, people don't give him credit anymore. But if you look at the way everyone was talking about Jake Ball before he fought me or when he was going to fight me, everyone kind of ripped me off of the situation. When I was boxing, even at super middleweight, I boxed... After six, seven fights, I've got a box of guy 12 and 0, six knockouts. I nearly had more knockouts than I had fights. For me, that's a step up. That was a big step up for me. I'd only done one six round. I stepped up to a championship fight after six, seven fights. That was a step up. Jake Ball, that was a step up. 
Do you get what I'm saying? And then Sterling, he's on that British level. I wouldn't say he's a step up. He's now at Should that level. Should say straight ball, it's sort of British it's level. And then if you British can beat Shaq and Pitters, then you can make that Because he's on the same level as these other guys, as the Jake Bulls and the Sterlings and Chads and stuff. And I feel like if I can beat him or when I beat him, um, God will I move on to another step up just above that level, I believe. To Canelo. Yeah, not that far. <laughs> We're not doing this again. No, yeah, last time you fixed me with the cover left one. <laughs> that was always going to be the, um, what did I do? I put the title as if Kovalev wants to fight. I mean, do you, like, but obviously, it's tongue in cheek, but sort of how much attention do you give to the world level like heavyweights? Yeah. Do, you, it must be something you think about. Because realistically, you, it must be something that you think in 2021, 2022, that's where I want to be. Yeah, 100%. If we could even look at the back end of 2020 or even 20, end of 2020, 2021, because at this point, so if you win I've the boxed about six, coming up seven domestic good fighters. And at, when you get to European, there's only one more step. That's what I'm saying. If I've boxed six, seven good British domestic fighters already now, yeah, in 16 fights or whatever, like, when do I then move up? How many more do I beat before I step up? If I beat, like, if I beat three more or four, like, when will I be ready? And I feel like the graft in the gym, what I'm learning, being around the boys, pushing each week, learning every week, learning every day, just getting the right formula. When I get that right formula to put together, knowing how I'm going to go out. So I feel like I've got a lot of the tools. It's about knowing when to use them and how to use them and putting them together. And I believe once you do that, you're ready to move on. Let's talk about... Joshua Boatsy. Let's talk about Joshua Boatsy because I was going to ask you about him. Um, we thought he'd perhaps be fighting for the vacant title because there was sort of a political issue where Baturbiev didn't want to fight in China who won the purse bid because of the Chinese treatment of Muslim. We know there was something going on there. It doesn't seem like it's going to be that way for Boatsy now, but um, yeah. simple question. Is he ready for world level, do you think? Um, only he knows that. Only him and his team will know that. They'll look at him in the gym. Um... They might think, oh, he needs a bit more experience. They might think, well, I've seen in the gym, he looks like if he can perform that on the night, he's ready for it. I, I couldn't really tell. I'm not really around him. I don't watch what he's doing into detail like that. I think his team will be to make the best decision for that. So you're sort of like a fan. You only see sort of what we see on TV performances. Yeah, I wouldn't say a fan. You know what I mean? I would say, um, you see what like a fan was. You just see his fights on TV and that's it. So that's what you're based yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, pretty much, yeah. I see as much as you guys see, so my opinion's as valid as anyone else's, really. All right, um, WBA International. You still hold that? WBA That's still yours, yeah. yeah. Still so mine. is that sort of the route you're looking to go down the yeah, WBA well, ranking? I've, I've Obviously, you, like you said, you're top 15 IBF as well. Yeah, yeah, I've now hit the top 10 in the WBA now in the world, so we're pushing there. And once you're really in the top 10, you can get that call any time, really, can't you? So um, that's when you know you've got to really be serious and start stepping up your training and so as I say, like last fights and that being complacent, not going for the gears, not going, putting your best out there. You can't afford to do that when you're starting to step into the world rankings, top tens and that. You need to go out there and start delivering performances and taking it very serious. Right, Dimitri Bivol. He is a WBA, isn't he? Yeah, because yeah. he's with Eddie. You yeah. never know. You never know. What if, it, if you were to get the call, let's say, end of 2020, it's unlikely and you know that too, but if you were to get the call, would you jump it? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. I think if it made sense, then why not? Yes, I've got my headline. I've got ah! my headline. Dimitri Bivol, <laughs> no, I'm jumping at it. Headline. I'm joking, I'm joking. IFL, never do an IFL ever again. <laughs> I'm joking, don't headline that. Google might I wasn't actually like going to ask you about Bivol. I was only doing that for a laugh. I was actually going to ask you about Wilder Fury, because obviously Which that's you? the next sort of big, got, big fight. Got in up. the WBA, you've got Bivol as the super. Go WBA, yeah. We've got Pascal's the regular. Yeah. And you've got, I think, Bozal Interim. And then you got seven of the rest. So it's a very interesting, WBA is very interesting um, division. It's not like the others in the light heavyweight division. I think there's a lot of opportunities in the WBA. So I just feel like at this point now, I need to start grafting and with my team and working towards getting seasoned and ready for bigger things, I think. Good stuff. Right, like I said, Wilder Fury. You need to get people's predictions for fight week. Let's have one. It'll be a very interesting fight. I take it you're part of sort of the boxing community. Fury won the first fight in their eyes. I can imagine that's sort of your part of that. You're part Pretty of that belief. I felt I felt like the fight was a very entertaining fight. I feel like 
people watched it didn't score it to that depth but everyone wanted to go like judges experts I believe it was entertaining Fury won a lot of rounds he got dropped two of the rounds swings and roundabouts it was an excitement entertainment I feel like the second time round it'll be like can Fury keep it up and not get dropped or will Wilder catch him this time and not he not recover it's another it's another it's two clash of styles a good boxer and very elusive against a massive puncher who can you can switch off for two seconds and that's it. So I'm just into take, I'm just excited to go and watch it. Uh, another British versus American clash. It's going to be big. Obviously, I would prefer, and I think, you know, it's not even biased to say everyone in Britain would prefer Joshua Fury for the undisputed because it's an all British fight. All British, it'd be at Wembley. It'd be massive. But sort of looking at it, uh, forget Fury being British. Looking at it, sort of um, with a. From a style perspective, what would you say is a better fight? Because obviously you could have a punch out between Joshua and Wilder, yeah, or you could have the intrigue of Joshua Fury. The, in, the interest between Wilder and Joshua has been building for so many years. So it's a fight that everyone's going to want to eventually see. It's just like they've both been the world champions for ages, and it's the unification. Whoever win, won that basically would have been the would have been crowned the heavyweight champ of the world with, and unified all the belts. And they're both massive punchers. It's like who lands first. So that is very interesting because you know in the heavyweight division everyone loves to see knockouts and all big guys um, no one's looking for pullback counters slip slip double jab and move everyone's just looking for someone to get KO'd so for me um, I would like to see the two big punchers but at the same time with the two Brits it could be a big clash here for everyone to watch so it's, it's interesting either way good stuff have you got anything else you'd like to add uh, any shout outs yes I want to shout out everyone supporting me I want to shout out my all my sponsors wait hold on Pause one second. Drake, can you throw me that t-shirt? <laughs> There's nothing better. It is just rolling, by the way. I haven't paused. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to shout out all my sponsors. You know, all these people have been on board, helping me from Thingy. Obviously, you don't see the mill team. They've been Thingy, helping me for ages. Ringside's been helping me. Everlast's been helping. Kamikaze, check out their clothes. Four Elite, American brand. You know, they help with managements and sponsorships. They're a UK, US company, and they've come to the UK now, got behind me. My guy, Trey, and his team have been helping me out. You know, Capital Ways, they came on board. And Lewis Actors, they've been with me all the time. And Sean Printown, you lot know. Go check him out. So I'd like to shout out all my sponsors. And I'd like to shout out all my supporters who support me every time. You can't forget them. And go check out the merch. Go back. No, I'm joking. I'm not going to sit on that. I'm joking. No, but I just want to shout out everyone who gives me time, IFL, etc. And 2020, look forward to it. Thanks and keep on supporting. Thanks. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here today in Brentwood. I'm in an empty matchroom gym. But I am joined by Mr. John Doherty. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Just finished sparring there. Nearly coming to the end of camp now, so I'm looking forward to um, fighting on the 8th of February. We'll come to a fight date in a bit. Like you said, you've just been sparring. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us a little insight into who you were sparring? I mean, obviously I know, but and I've seen you having a little look as well, having a little yeah. watch back at the spar. I was sparring at um, the... The twins actually, Carl Phil, I sparring his brother Ben Phil. Um, obviously I know Carl Phil from the GB setup, I was on GB with him, so um, yeah, I was sparring his brother and um, yeah, some good rounds in, um, obviously he's southpaw as well. It's basically the same style as me, um, but I'm just a bit bigger and I'm, um, yeah, it was good sparring and um, I'm, I'm getting fit now and I'm ready to go. Do you buy into the southpaw versus southpaw makes an ugly fight? Because we always hear it, don't we? Two southpaws, people say that could be an ugly fight, but two orthodoxes, it's never... It's always southpaw versus southpaw. So, people always say it's just sort of ugly. I I I like I'd rather fight a southpaw than an orthodox. I just feel like my jab can land much much easier. My backhand, um, 
I can just land a lot more shots on a southpaw what I can do with orthodox. But in other people's different, but I like southpaws better than, than sparring me. So what sort of stage are you at then, obviously? First things first, did you enjoy Christmas, have a little rest? I can imagine uh, yeah, it's a fight that you were still sort of ticking over doing bits of training. Yeah, I had a little rest, um, but not much because um, obviously I'll be fighting soon after Christmas, uh, New Year, I mean. Um, so I just really, I've been training over New Year and Christmas, not really hard, but still training and we're taking over and um, obviously I got this fight date and I'm uh, looking forward to putting on a show now. Just want to talk about your 2019. You must have been one of Matchroom's most active fighters in 2019. How many times were you out? Was it uh, six? Was it? Six or five, one of them. I think it was five. It felt like every single Matchroom show yeah, was on. Yeah, it was on. Everyone said to me, you know, but then again, that's what you want, though, I, isn't I, Yeah, I, I'm used to fighting a lot of, because I wanted to see the amateur background, um, I was obviously always fighting, but um, yeah, it was obviously good by Frankfurt Eddie Hearn letting me get me out on the shows and um, my management team and getting me out on, on the Matchroom shows. and. Uh, it wasn't just a match, I'm sure it was good bills I was on and um, uh, the reason I was getting out so much is because I was performing, I was uh, getting the knockouts, I was looking good. If you're not looking good, you're not going to get put on shows and that's what my uh, main aim is. When I go in there, I've got to look good and I've got to do a job on the opponent. One thing I asked Felix Cash earlier, which I'm going to ask you now, is what's it like for you? You said you've been on some big bills, but would you prefer to be on these big bills, or sort of near the bottom of the big bill, perhaps on like the Facebook live stream, or would yeah. you prefer to be near the top of like a York Hall card where the arena's more packed out, it's more hostile and you're sort of one of the main guys on the card. Yeah, I'd at this stage in your obviously career. Obviously at this stage in your career, I'd, a next gen show, I'd like to headline my next yeah. gen show this year. Um, hopefully in Scotland. In Scotland, yeah. Um, I'd, love, I'd love that. I'd love to headline a show in uh, Scotland. We'll just have to wait and see what um, my management and Tony and that wants me to do. Um, this fight, obviously I'm fighting in Sheffield and then I'm doing a, uh, an eight rounder after this one here and then. If a title fight comes up, a title fight comes up and I'm ready to jump at uh, the boat and I'm ready to go. I was going to say, obviously 2020 has got to be about the step up now. Yeah. Have you sort of done the uh, the early graft that you have to do? We'll try to get a step up turnover. my last fight and uh, seven opponents pulled up my last, my last fight. How many? Seven, seven, seven opponents? Yeah, seven opponents pulled up last fight and it wasn't just, there was one of them journeymen and then the rest of them we just thought, you know what, forget about the journeymen. This is, and we started off from like good kids, um, which got good records anyway, fights, and they didn't want to... Um, they was offering too much money. The disc didn't want to fight. Basically, that was uh, that was the whole st uh, problem. We couldn't get no journeymen like just to get me out, get a run out or, on a bill. It was um, was tr was trying to get a half decent opponents with good records, um, but we couldn't get them. They all kept pulling out. Well, see, that is flattering. That sort of yeah. says something about you and that people perhaps at yeah. your level don't want to fight you, and you might have to look higher. But um, yeah, I can imagine it's frustrating. So you just want to get that step up out of the way, the first step up. Sort of bit of pressure off the shoulders. Definitely, I'm just ready it's to fight. Been a fight. struggle. I'm, I'm wanting to step up. Um, and it rounder, I think we're looking to fight um, probably Anthony Fox or something like that. There, or there's a boy called Charlie Shane. We're trying to offer for this fight here. Uh, we never come, go, never got back nothing. But I think Anthony Fox and it rounder, or the boy Craig Rich in this fight, um, who had a draw with. Yeah. We'll try to get. He said he'll yeah. do a suit middleweight. If he feels that like he can come down a suit middleweight and take me on, we shall see. Good stuff, right? You mentioned Scotland. Yeah. A minute ago, obviously, you'd like to headline the next gen show yeah, there. Yeah, um, I want to talk to you about Josh Taylor. Obviously, a massive year for him. Uh, sort of the linchpin at the moment. It was yeah. Ricky Burns. Now it's Josh Taylor, um, and he's been having cards in Glasgow on the Super Series where yeah. there's been young Scottish talent as well. Is Scotland crying out for an all a Scottish show now that we're perhaps going to see Josh a lot in the States? Yeah, I I, I can see a Scottish show this year, like in Scotland, a uh, big one. Hopefully Ricky Burns can have one more, uh, one more fight in him and um, bring one back. And we've obviously got Cash Farouk, which is the same with Matram there. Yeah. Um, we've had the fight with Paulina Rega, a close fight uh, for the British title. Um, yes, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of good Scottish boys there. There's the Willie Hutchinson, but obviously they're all different uh, promoters. So yeah, I'll say the five we just spoke about are all these different people. It's hard, it's gonna, hard to get them on the show. And obviously Willie Hutchinson would like to be fighting. Lee McGregor would like to get... Lee McGregor's already been fighting in Scotland. Do you know what I mean? So they would all like to be back in Scotland fighting. And it'd be good to all get on the same card because it was all an amateur set up with each other. We all knew each other. We all we all part around each other on the amateur set up. Me, Lee, Willie was all there, do you know what I mean? So it'd be good to get on the, the same show. Scottish pact where everyone just puts it to the side. Let's just yeah, just, just, get, on the the, side, just yeah. get on the same show. It'd be good to get on the same show with uh, Willie, Lee McGregor, all of them. Just get the, hopefully they can put us on, but obviously we'll listen with Frank Warren, Lee McGregor are different somebody else, but me, Cass Farouk, there's Ricky Burns, and I had a few English fighters, do you know what I mean? Engl England people love fighting in Scotland. They know what the crowd's like, yeah. do you know what I mean? They love the crowd up there. So that's a good idea, an England versus Scotland card. Yeah, anything, anything can happen, mm. innit? Just get me against any English boy and I'm ready to go. Do you know what I mean? But um, obviously I'm waiting on the step up now and um, hopefully I can get a title fight up there or something on the, on the, on the Scotland card. 
Um, but I'm looking forward to this year. This is uh, one big year for me, and um, it's a breakout year this year. Yeah, if I get the punt, if I get the punts in front of me, um, I'll show you what I'm all about. You was on a what was it? So you're seven and zero now. So you're on a five ko streak. Five ko streak. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, am I right in saying it was your debut where you flattened someone in? Yeah, to, extremely quick. Yeah. But your last two fights today went to points. Now, yeah, a lot of people say, let's get the rounds in this. this. Did you actually learn yeah, as much as you thought yeah, you would? Ba basically, Tony taught me, if you want stepped up in a, uh, like six rounds and that, you're going to have to try and do four rounds. And I thought Daryl Sharp, Daryl Sharp's very tough anyway. So I um, went in there, got done the four rounds, and then I done a six rounder after it. And then I used to get, get the rounds into it. You did experience, stop trying to knock everyone out. I did that, got the six rounds in again. But um, from now on, I'll be, looking, I'll be going back on the hunt for a KO and um, hopefully I can get start off with Sheffield. Good stuff, right. I've asked everyone else, I've got to ask you. Wilder Fury coming up soon, the yeah. big one. We're just trying to get everyone's predictions. Lash it in, mate. What's going to happen? Tell me. I don't know. Um, I'm backing Tyson Fury, 1 million percent. Um, so you sort of, you're backing him sort of to, to win. win from a neutral perspective, or you want him to win? No, I want him to win. Because yeah? Yeah, yeah. Cool. obviously he's from here, and, and I know people who know him, do you know what I mean? And I'd love him to, I'd love him to win. Um, and I do think he, well, he has got the beating of uh, Wilder. He definitely does have got the beating. You've seen it. But it's just if he can uh, miss the one big shot, uh, that's the big if. Do you know what I mean? We've seen Wilder getting beat his last fight, and then comes up with a big shot. Do you know what I mean? So we we'll just have to wait and see. But I do reckon Tyson Fury can outbox him. Uh, you don't know, you know. But then heavyweights, Tyson Fury can maybe stop him. Maybe late on, maybe Wilder come on ragged and just get caught. Tyson Fury is a big man, not a big puncher, but he's a big man. Do you know what I mean? So I'm, um, I'm rooting for Tyson Fury, and hopefully he does win. Good stuff. Um, actually, let me ask you about the world scene at Super Middle. Yeah. Um, is it something that you pay too much attention to? Obviously, you're way off world scene at the moment, but yeah. you've got to keep an eye on it. You've got to see what's going on. Yeah, I've just, uh, obviously, I keep John Ryder. John, yeah. There's one, Callum Smith. Um, I keep an eye for all, you all the top boys. You sparred with Billy Joe, haven't you? Yeah, I sparred, sparred with John first, Ryder. Just for the first time, I sparred John Ryder as Have well. Have you sparred yeah. with Callum Smith? No, nah, I've never sparred Callum Smith. Like, so, um, right. But Callum Smith, okay. is, I, he was at my show. He was actually one of my fights, and uh, he's big for the weight legs. So, um, yeah, but I've out of Kansas and John Ryder, I thought I thought John Ryder beat him, and I'm not just being biased because he's from my gym. Most of the people in the stadium and um, on social media thought John Ryder won. Do you know what I mean? But um, obviously you've got the the, the Canelo Alvarez. John could maybe get that fight. Canelo Alvarez could go. Oh, maybe. Well, I'll just have John Ryder. Do you know what I mean? Um, and hopefully he does that. But I think John Ryder is on for another big fight after this year, after that performance. Anyway, if he would have got beat or stopped, then there would be nothing else really for John Ryder. But he proved he's at that level. John Ryder's won me to that level. I spar him all the time anyway when he's back in camp. And uh, the things I'm learning off him is uh, very good. I'm, as I said, I wasn't really learning in the pro when I was boxing. I was learning the sparring with John Ryder and all the boys, Ted and all that there. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, um, John Ryder will be in another big fight this year, hopefully. Because you sparred with Billy because you sparred with John. Yeah. Um, I spoke to Tony and he said that they want the Callum Smith very much, but they're actually going to push for the Billy Joe one. Why not? He yeah. thought it was a close fight before. Yeah. Um, I know he's obviously stable yeah. mate of yours, you're both under Tony, but yeah. how do you see that fight playing out? That's a good fight, listen, that's a very good fight, even Billy Joe Saunders would say it itself, it's a good fight. Um, but them two like each other, Billy Joe Saunders and John Ryder, but listen, they've got to put friendship aside and um, sort out of two of them going to box. Obviously, Billy Joe Saunders has got a belt, so it's only right, John Ryder and uh, Billy Joe Saunders, I would push for that one as well. Uh, John Ryder feels like he can beat him now, uh, Billy Joe Saunders will probably think he can beat him, do you know what I mean? So, we'll wait and see, but I do think... Billy Joe Saunders wants the big fight, like Canelo Alvarez, like everyone does, do you know what I mean? Um, but listen, I'm not going to put my uh, comment down who's going to win that fight, who I think is going to win that fight, because obviously I'm part of Billy Joe Saunders and I'm teammates with John Ryder, do you, you know what I mean? Are you so close to Billy Joe as well? Yeah. Not close to him, but obviously but I know him as well, yeah. and obviously with the travelling background and that, and it, both, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not, yeah. the two of them are very good fighters, listen, two, that'll be a very good fight out there, and I would uh, look forward to seeing that one if it happened. Right. Finally, a little message down the camera to any super middles domestically, anyone who wants it this year, what you got to say? Just listen, anyone wants it. Stop being fucking yeah, pussies. Exactly. <laughs> anyone wants it, they can get it. Simple as that. Come to Matchroom and we're ready to go. I'll come to your backyard. John, thank you very much for speaking to IFL TV and I'm sure we'll catch up with you soon. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour. February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK.
his last two fights? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially his last one. Yeah. Uh, he did good against Boner, but he looked like the old man against Thurman, so definitely good to Is it kind of crazy that you're at a point in your career where like that, a fight with Pacquiao is like actually a realistic thing? Like I'm sure when you were coming up, you never really thought like, you would actually be fighting with Never. I mean, I used to fight on the undercard as a prospect, yeah. so right. definitely, uh, definitely a blessing. And the Barclays Center, we all know your history here. I always wanted to ask you, like, do you have a favorite fight? For me, it was Zab Judah, but for you, was there a, a, a fight that comes back in your mind? I think Zab was probably my favorite. Yeah, he was from Brooklyn. There was a lot of bad blood. It was a crazy atmosphere. But all of them, all of them, all of them were great experiences, and all of them were fun. Danny, you've obviously won a faced um, Errol Spence and Terence Crawford. But I just want to ask you, if those two did meet, eventually meet in the ring, yeah. who would you uh, give the upper hand to? It's a 50-50 fight. <coughs> Whoever wants it more, can win. Hey Danny, uh, there was, obviously not looking past Ivan, but Mikey Garcia was also another fight people wanted. Uh, Puerto Rican, Mexico showdown, big rivalry. Is that something that's still in the future that or, or, or another Puerto Rican Mexico kind of rivalry in the plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I was fighting last year um, in August. Uh, that's the that's the reason why I only fought one time last year because I was supposed to fight. Uh, I was supposed to fight in April, and then I was supposed to fight. He said I'll fight Manny, then Manny fought Thurman, and then I was supposed to fight Mikey. Mikey didn't fight, so that's that's one of the reasons why I only fought one time last year because those two big fights fell out. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think Garcia Garcia will definitely get a big fight. And what are some of your keys for mental focus of being a boxer? Like how do you stay so mentally sharp and you're off for such a fight? You know, you just gotta stay locked in. Um, you gotta enjoy every minute of it. Uh, you just gotta basically enjoy every minute, enjoy the moment, and just take everything that goes by and just embrace it. The rematches, if you can't get the world championship fights, have your rematches been on the line a lot with uh, Thurman and Gordon? Definitely. Definitely. I definitely want those fights again. Danny, what do you expect to learn after your fight with Ivan? What was the question? What do you expect to learn about yourself after your fight with Ivan? You, you learn something new every time you go out there. So, I don't know what I'm going to learn yet, but I definitely learn something new. And I'm, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to adjust to it, and we'll see what goes into the happens. Danny, what are your thoughts on obviously another fighter that was at 147, Kel Brook? He's obviously moved up to 154, uh, trying to win a world title at that division. Do you think he's still got it left in him to win a world title? I mean, only he knows that. Only he knows that. Um, he's been a world champion before, and most likely he could he could do it again with the right match. Now, now Danny, it's, um, we talked before, but is 154 still a, a possible future kind of career goal that you want to go and get a world title there? Definitely. I want to. I want to. I want to win this fight, and then I want to fight one more at 147, get a world title, and then I, I want to go to 154 and start a new journey. Would that Brook fight be uh, interesting if he's at 154 straight away? Yeah, that, start that makes it off. a lot of sense to me because he was a world champion at one time. Yeah. And uh, I moved up and he moved up, so it's not like he's a natural 154-pound fighter. So. Definitely interesting, but like I said before, we have to. We is have it getting to hard? Saturday night. Is it getting hard for you to make 147 now, or not really? No, I mean I make it. I make it. It's, it's hard. It's never easy, but uh, I make sure. I make sure I always make that weight. So pretty much 2021, we'll see you at 154. Most likely, yeah. If any, well, I mean for for any other reason, but yeah, most likely, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Any thoughts to move up a little bit quicker? I mean, I know you want to be at your best at all times. Yeah. And when I see you, like when you're like kind of like during like other fights, you look a lot bigger. Yeah. You look like kind of small now, so it's kind of yeah. surprising to see like how you shrink yourself all the yeah. way down. So don't you want to move up to 54 a little faster, or you just want those big fights personally? Well, if I'm guaranteed a big fight, I'm staying 147. But like say, for instance, if Manny and Spence fight. And then I don't get it. I'm asking you to go up and start a new, new journey. There's no reason for me to be able to be It's like an old spice. Thurman or Porter at 154. Is that going to be your max, 154? Is that your max, 154? Is that your max that you want to go for? Right now, yeah. I think I could be middleweight, but we, 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 that's, a, that's a long shot. <laughs> Two more questions, guys. Is boxing at the Barclays Center different than any other? I know you've been at a lot of great places, but is it very different than some of the other places you've been? I think the Barclays Center is the new back of boxing. I think New York is the new back of boxing. Uh, this is the great place. You can't miss. The fans love it. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Would, um, would a, a part of you be disappointed if you don't get the knockout? I know you want to look impressive, but... Hey, Fight fans.
fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking the icon right here and hit the bell button so that every time we upload a new video, you get an alert so that you don't miss out. Oscar Bevis for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here today at the Matchroom Gym, joined by Mr. Felix Cash, who's just finished training. Happy New Year, Felix. How are you? Happy New Year, mate. Yeah, all good, yeah. Not bad, not bad. I've just caught, sort of come to see some of the lads get their thoughts on their 2019 and what 2020 could have in store for them. First things first, I'm just going to start with rate your 2019 out of 10. Um, probably, probably a six. Yeah. I finished obviously in a, um, a good fight at the end of the year, but um, only fought twice tonight. So it's a good year, obviously two good, two good wins. Um, you know, picked up the Commonwealth title. So I want a bad year, really, if you look at it that way. But um, I could have been a bit more busy and um, been out maybe four times and being a couple of fights ahead now than where I'm at at the moment. Well, it didn't end on too bad of a note because an entertaining fight as well as a win, and of course you got the Commonwealth. Do you really mind that the fight was entertaining, or is it just sort of for you? So how do you assess that performance? Because it was an entertaining mm. fight, but I can imagine you sort of seen holes no, in yourself and knew no, you're a bit better not, than that. No, definitely. But, but I, to me, I didn't box uh, probably even 50% of what I was. Um, you is know, there a reason for that? I don't know really reason why, what the reason is. Maybe I just, you know, I was hunting them down, dropped them in the first round, and I think once, once I dropped them, I think I was just hunting for them all night, you know, and um, I went away from my boxing a little bit, but... This is what it is, mate, and um, you know you, 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 you live and learn, and um, you know got, got the got the win, and, and like you say, it was entertainment for fans and people watching, so yeah, it was all good, really. I said about your 2019, and you sort of you wanted to be more active, but was it a tough 2019 for sort of the guys down here and some of the guys trained by uh, Tony Sims as well? Because of course you had the disappointment with um, John up in Liverpool. Yeah. And then you had the disappointment with Ted with a couple of decisions. Was yeah, it sort sure. of tough? Oh, camp really had a terrible, terrible year, really, with decision-wise. You know, it was anything that went points, we didn't seem to get it. But um, even even Spider Richards um, in in the semi, he, he drawed and I thought he did enough. To, even though it was a close fight, I thought he did enough to nick the fight. Especially being the home fight, you think he you think he would have got a decision. He got a draw there. Um, and then obviously Ted, I thought Ted definitely won the Scott Fitzgerald fight. I thought he won. Seven five, um, even even a four, um, but you know they, they give it to Scott and give it to him by a few hands too, um, and then um, obviously John. I thought John definitely done enough to win the fight. Um, you know, boxed really well, boxed out of his skin, was bullying really um, Callum in the last couple of rounds. So, you know, and he, and, he, and he never got a decision. He 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 he, he, he got beat by a few a few rounds in the judges' scorecards. And then you got even Ted then would um, when he boxed at your call. Um, he got a draw, so against Kieran Conway. So, you know, I don't know what we're doing wrong. Someone obviously don't like the gym, but we'll see, won't we? Is it sort of playing your mind when you fight that perhaps if you were to go to points and you've had some of your stable mates that happen to them, or is it something that's just Listen, yeah, part and parcel of boxing nowadays? It's just part of boxing, and um, I don't really think too much about it because you think too much about it, you, you know what I mean? You're, you're worrying about the wrong thing, but you, you got to keep going there and do the job, and then um, whatever happens, happens, you know? And you got to obviously stay focused and make sure I'm going to do the job. But, Finishing with it in your own hands would be better. 2020. Obviously, you'd like to be more active. Um, what's next is sort of possibilities. You're looking at British, you've got the Commonwealth defences at that European level. I can imagine you want to make a step up, but yeah. perhaps not too much of a step up because we've seen fighters, especially a lot of uh, Matchroom and Sky guys, step up just a little bit too early. Perhaps what we saw with Ted with Sergio yeah. Garcia. So you just want to be careful, but you want to step it up. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You've got to, listen, you've got to take the right fight at the right time. But, you know, um, yeah, I'm 26 now, I've been in this game a long time. Um, and uh, you know I'm 20, I'm 26. I've been, I've been boxing since you know I'm t fucking 10 years of age. So I've been about a bit. Um, I'm ready to kick out now, and uh, you know I'll fight anyone. So I leave it up to Tony and me and, me and, and um, Eddie who I fight next, and everybody put in front of me. I just make sure I deal with them and do a job on them. Um, but no, I definitely want to do more titles this year, and, and you know the European would be nice, the, the, the British would be nice. So if I can clear up, clear up that, clear up them, them, them two belts um, this year, it'd be, um, it'd be a good year for me. Have you got a date in mind? Sort of the first one? And the first one, I'm fighting the 28th of March. Um, at the we believe to be Usyk Chisora. Yeah, Usyk Chisora yeah. is meant to be, so that's another good card. I'm meant to be on that one, so hopefully I can get get something for that. So um, that's, that's, that's what I'm fighting. Would you prefer to be sort of lower down on a big bill, perhaps a pay-per-view bill like Usyk Chisora would be, or would you sort of prefer to be near the top or headlining sort of a York Hall show? I don't know. Because you have been on quite a lot. I remember yeah. when you started out, you sort of got to 5-0 and, oh, and you were on quite a lot of big shows. Yeah, um... 
I don't know because it, 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 I think the pay per views are good because you're getting so many bigger audience coming in. Then you got America. You got, when you got big fighters coming on, you get a lot of other people tuning in. So I know you'd be a bit lower down on, but like you say, when you when you when you when you're on a different show, a Sky Show, and it's not pay per view, and you're higher up on the card, you know the arena's packed out. Um, you know when you're fighting, so and it's a bit more, better, a bit better atmosphere. Otherwise, you're a bit lower down on pay per view card sometimes, especially in a big arena. You know there's not many people in there, even though there might be a few few thousand in there, but it don't seem. Like Right, I'm not sure about Wilder Fury now, because obviously Wilder Fury fight week's coming up, sort of the, the big one on everyone's lips at the moment. Um, struck a prediction out there for me, straight off the bat. I'm going to go, listen, it's a hard one, because I reckon Fury beat him, if it goes points, I'll Fury all day long, but um, you know, he's got a devastating right hand, Wilder, so, but I think Fury's going to do it, I think Fury will, um, will outbox him and, uh, yeah, um, for the 12 rounds. So sort of? What we saw before then? What we Imagine, saw before, yeah. it's very similar to what we do before. How did you score the first one? Were you one of those who Fury won? Yeah? I thought Fury won, but yeah. he got the two knockdowns, the two knockdown rounds, I give that to the Wilder, but Wilder never won another round, I don't think. Maybe one other round. So he would have lost 7 5. Right, and obviously we'd like to see Joshua versus the winner of Wilder Fury. Um, what fight would you say is more appealing, perhaps, from a boxing perspective? To sort of the styles and if they're to jump in the ring, Joshua Wilder or Joshua Fury? I think everyone would want to see Joshua. Um, Joshua Wilder, some people, because they think they're going to see a big knockout, you know, they're both, one of them's going to go, aren't they, you know what I mean, because they both, um, they both come to fight, and, um, you know, I think a lot of people want to watch that, but I prefer to see Fury, um, Fury beat Wilder, and then get all British showdown. From a British with, perspective, with, yeah. All British showdown with, um, with Joshua and um, Fury. All right, Felix, thanks for giving me some of your time, um, to let you go now, and, uh, yeah, hopefully speak no to you um, later on in the year, perhaps March 28th, fire week. Yeah, no worries. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. This is Omar Ahmed for IFLs. What? For IFL CB and Association for MTK Global, I'm joined by the main man at Cruiserweight, Lawrence Okoli. Uh, how you been? Yeah, I've been all right, you know, just uh, back in training and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I'm, yeah, back in training, so I'm just working towards a hopeful date and uh, I'll be getting it within the next week or so. We'll talk about that in a second, but good day filming down here with Wiley, Joe Weller, uh, some geezer called Eddie Earn as well. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually know what I was coming for. They just said I was some filming for Matchroom, so I just kind of um, came down and obviously when I got here, I realised where it was. It was yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was good to see like people who are doing their own thing that are interested in boxing. Uh, is Yeah, it's just it's, it's a blessing to be here. It's interesting when Eddie was asking what you want in life, yeah. everyone kind of gave detailed answers. Yours was very simple. Yeah. <laughs> You've done everything so far you need to. You said become world champion at Cruiserweight, which is your next fight, and then go up to heavyweight. Oh no, sorry, you said become unified champion at Cruiserweight, then go up to heavyweight and become heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah, I mean, in my, in my profession, my profession's only, until I'm, what, 34, 35 max, you would think. Um, so it's a very sh short space of time if you think about it. And what I want to achieve is quite tangible in boxing. Do you know what I mean, obviously there's money and like profile and stuff like that. But in terms of actual accomplishments, it's like being an actor, winning a BAFTA or an Oscar or whatever. So it's quite clear what is to be achieved. You get coming from I'm on paper. So I'm just looking forward to seeing how far I can push it. Is it hard making cruiserweight for you? Um, no, it depends how long I have. Um, I mean, physically, it's, I've you know done all the scans and stuff like that. It's quite. It's quite standard as long as I eat the right food, do my cardio, the weight comes off quite easily. But I enjoy eating, I enjoy, you know, eating bad food as well. Um, so it takes a level of discipline for me to kind of, you know, do the right stuff to make weight. But I think it's the same any box. So if you train right, eat right, you'll lose fat and, you know, maintain lean muscle. So it's all the same. It's just how, dis how disciplined I am and how long I have. 
Lawrence, it's no secret that Glowacki's set to be your next fight for the world title, but we haven't got a confirmation of date, venue. Do you think that could end up overseas in America, for example? Yeah, I think most likely it is. That's what the main things I've been hearing is, is going to be overseas. Um, but yeah, standard. Uh, Glowacki, Southpaw, experienced customer. Yeah. Have you studied much of him so far? Yeah, I've watched you know four, four or five of his fights early on when um, it got when I heard it was going to get ordered, I started watching him. So I've watched him, you know, back when he was 27, when he was 26, 25, 28. You know what I mean? Um, obviously now he's a bit, I think he's 33. He's still, you know, physically in his prime. But um, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of him. But once I get into camp, I don't really watch that much. I just kind of stick to, okay, this is the rough style. He's a southboard, you know, slightly shorter, moves in this pattern, moves in that pattern. What, what kind of stuff do I want to, within myself, but what kind of stuff do I need to do? Do you know what I mean? Simple tactics. Out of all the Olympians, you're the one moving at the quickest pace. I'm not even talking about just Rio. I'm talking about when Joshua came out of the Olympics, he didn't even move this quickly. What you've done is incredible to basically wipe out 90% of the British domestic scene and then go to a European title where, let's not forget, many people were kind of like, oh, we're not sure if Lawrence is going to pull this off. This might be too soon. You obviously dispatched of even Garbu um, and now you're fighting for a world title. Is it kind of sunk in how quickly you are moving? Um, yes, I know. Do you know I mean, I try not to get too caught up on like, oh my goodness, like, yeah, look what I'm doing. I do it for the post because it's good on social media to be like, yeah, look what I did it. But in reality, you know, it's like I expected to win, do you know what I mean, the British Commonwealth, European and become a world champion. You know, I look back to interviews where I said, this is what I want to do. It's a blessing, obviously, to have achieved this to this point. But if I stop boxing now, you know, money will end, the people will forget that I was a European champion. So I need to do stuff that lives with me for life, become a world champion, you know. Um, and I always feel like if you're young and able, you should do, because I don't want to, okay, I could box for a world title now, but I'll wait, you know, maybe do it in a year or two. Now I'm a world champion at 29, when I could have been world champion at 27, and had more defences and won more belts. So, you know, that's kind of a thought process. Well, listen, Lawrence, wish you the best of luck against Glovacki. Um, I do want to get your opinion on two fights. Uh, firstly, someone you sparred before Tyson Fury going against Deontay Wilder. I know you've been asked a million times. Yeah. Just give me a, a simple breakdown of the fight you think wins. A uh, simple breakdown, it really depends on if he actually adopts the um, puncher style or, can, or goes back to you know his usual kind of boxing move. Um, I think that um, if he boxes and moves and he's kept his conditioning going, um, building off the Wilder fight, building off all these other fights, I think that he's very hard to hit with more than one shot at a time. So he'll be able to kind of outmaneuver and outfox Wilder, exactly the same as last time. If Wilder tries to be more patient, it's the same exact thing. If he tries to work harder, it's probably worse for him because what um, Fury's really good at picking off people. So I feel like stylistically, Wilder hasn't been getting better. He's been getting good knockouts, but he's always got good knockouts. But he hasn't, he hasn't like, let's say, um, learnt from past fights and maybe tried boxing a little bit better. He just knows if I time the right hand right, if you, if, you, if I catch you on the end of the left and the right, it's going to land. So um, I feel, long story short, Fury will be able to outbox him if he goes to, But if Fury decides he wants to have a tear up with him, I feel like that kind of plays more into Wilder's hands because Fury punches hard. You'd, like everyone says he doesn't punch hard, but he's 18, 19 stone. 6'9. Like yeah, so if he, if he actually stands there and throws punch, no one's going to stand there with their chin in the air and let Fury hit him. So if he stands there, um, he, it more plays into Wilder's hands because Wilder does have that one shot knockout power. So you don't want to stand there unnecessarily. But I'm sure Fury will know what to do in the ring. Okay, and also uh, former king at your weight, uh, Alexander Ruzic, obviously now at heavyweight, uh, rumoured to fight Derek Chisora. Yeah, oh, that's a sick fight. Yeah, I feel like obviously you've seen Chisora get outboxed and stuff like that before, but I feel like um, that's him not at his optimum. The way he's been training late, the kind of performance he's brought out, being Spilkar, etc., etc. Uh, as much as I think Ozek's better than Spilkar, um, I feel like we're going to find out a lot about Uzit and a lot about Chizora. Chizora on his A-game, can he put enough pressure and pick the right shots to kind of get to someone like Uzit? Or is Uzit going to be able to outbox him? Is Uzit's power gone up at heavyweight? Has his speed gone down? Well, it's, it's an exciting fight. I really look forward to that if that happens. Well, listen, it's a big year of boxing already shaping up. See, for yourself, it's massive. You've got a world title opportunity. As I said, best of luck wherever it is, and I'm sure we'll be there catching up with you, all right? Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lawrence. Yeah. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd 
Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of the UK.